Good morning, everyone. Good to see you in this nice sunny morning and a nice warm welcome to, to all those listening at, at home and online. Uh, it's good to see some old faces back for the first time and something I've not been for a while, so it's really good. And I hope you, as usual, feel relaxed in the Lord as we worship. A few uh, notices. Most of them are on the, already on the sheet. Um, just highlight a couple. Uh, next Friday, we have the Revival Fellowship in the hall at 7.30. And sadly, we have to announce uh, the passing of one of our older members, Campbell Banks, who, who passed away this week. And details of the funeral will probably down the prayer line later on. So we'll now hand over to Scott. Thank you, Scott. Well, thanks, Billy. Oh. Well, I, I can't really call it my new suit. I can call it a cleaner suit. So, but can I say, it's just lovely to see so many out this morning. And I know for some, this has been such a difficult couple of years now. And it's, it is nerve-wracking just to come out maybe for the first time to church. But can I just say, it's so lovely to have you back home and for friends as well of the High Kirk and family, maybe you feel that you're not a member, but you know you're part of the family. It's just lovely to have you join with us this morning. Well, I do pray that if you're visiting for the first time, I pray that you will know the sweet influence of the Holy Spirit just to come upon you, that you'll know the promise to be absolutely true, that God is here and that to bless us. The Lord's here. The Lord Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and I pray that you wouldn't just sit and just listen, but that you'll receive of Christ, that you'll know his life just filling you. And maybe as you came into church this morning, maybe you thought, oh, I'm just going to church. Well, I pray that as you leave here this morning, that you will just feel new life, new life. And so may the Lord bless each one of you, and we do worship the Lord today. That's why we're here. We're here to honour Jesus. We love him dearly. And of course, our prayer is, Lord, we wish we could love you more. And so we do pray for the filling of the Spirit that we would love him more. And so let's worship the Lord together as we celebrate his love. Here is love, vast as the ocean. So we'll stand to sing...
invites us to come, to come into his presence. In Song of Solomon, I, I love that verse where it talks of, Arise, my lovely one, come, come away, for your face is beautiful and your voice is sweet. You know, the Lord loves us when we go into the place of prayer. It doesn't matter how low you feel, even if you feel that you're the world's worst, that you feel, oh Lord, I've messed up this week. You know, he still, he loves to see you coming into his presence, looking to him. Oh, that he would see your smile and hear your voice. And so, as I pray, as I lead us in our prayers, I pray also that your heart will just go out to the Lord yourself too. That the Holy Spirit will just sweeten this prayer time. And may heaven come down and glory fill our souls. So let's unite our hearts as we pray. Let's pray. Almighty triune God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, how we bless and praise your holy name. For there is none like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. Lord, you have become our salvation, our strength and our song. And so, Lord, we bow our hearts before you in wonder and in adoration. O oh, be exalted, O oh God, above the heavens and fill our hearts, our homes, and Lord, this very sanctuary with your glory. Oh, to taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, to know the sweetness of your presence with us. Lord, we now enter the chambers of your love, mercy, and grace, hiding ourselves in the wounds of Christ. For there we find cleansing, forgiveness, healing, deliverance. Lord, only there can we know our sins washed away. Only there can we know power through the precious blood victory in his finished work, refreshing and renewal in the spirit, and joy and rest in his reviving presence. Lord, that's where we want to go this morning, or oh, to come into that place of prayer. And therefore, Lord, according to your promise, forgive us, wash us clean, Fill us and overwhelm us with your Holy Spirit of promise and empower us. And Lord, please, make all things new. And so, merciful God, how we thank you for every blessing, for your compassionate presence, for this time here together, for your life-giving word, and so, Lord, continue to speak to us. And may you be glorified through us by the power of your Spirit. And Lord, help us as we worship and share in the Lord's prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, amen. We're going to turn to our Bible reading there in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 5. And so we read from the beginning of the chapter, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, and there in verses 1 to 12. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. And may the Lord bless us the reading of his precious word. Well, can we return to Matthew's Gospel in chapter 5, where we're now continuing to look at the Beatitudes. We're now on to the second of the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who mourn. Well, can I just see, as we come into chapter 5, what a scene. What a scene. We're brought back to the Old Testament. Can you picture Moses there on Mount Sinai? As Moses goes up into the mountain. God comes down. The immortal, invisible, the only wise God, the true and the living God comes down upon that mountain. What a scene that must have been. We're told that there were thunderings and lightnings and Moses himself trembled to go near the presence of God. He trembled with fear to enter into the cloud of God's intimate presence. We're told that the cloud of God's presence came down and it was like a dark cloud just over the mountaintop. And then God's own people. Notice, they were at a distance. They had made, they made these fences at the bottom of the mountain and they said, Moses, you go up. <laughs> we're not going up there. They were so frightened that they just kept a distance. But here in Matthew chapter 5, we see a different picture. What a contrast. 
God has made himself visible. God incarnate. Jesus, who is God in human flesh. But he doesn't come down on the mountain. He goes up. As the Lord of glory goes up that Mount of Beatitudes. What a contrast. We notice that the disciples follow him. They go with him. And as they sit around the Lord Jesus, what do we find? We find the crowds beginning to come. And now they're going up the mountain and they're sitting with the disciples and the Lord Jesus as he's teaching. What a contrast. And so Jesus, as he pronounces and declares blessings upon those gathered, those who have responded to the call of Christ, those who have been drawn to Jesus, Jesus said, you're blessed. And Jesus now begins to paint a beautiful picture of what a blessed life will look like. This is what the Christian ought to look like. And so Jesus now, he said, now this is the Christian. They are poor in spirit. And now Jesus pronounces another blessing. And he declares, blessed are those who mourn. Now, it may be that we're just scratching our heads at this point. Hang on. <laughs> How can it be a blessing to mourn? What's Jesus saying? If I've lost a loved one, if I've lost a child, a parent, a neighbor, a friend, someone who's dear to me, so if I, I lose someone, then Jesus tells me I'm, I should be happy. That's, you should be happy if, you've, if you're mourning, if you're grieving. Now, Jesus isn't saying that. That's not what he's teaching here. When Jesus talks of those who mourn, yes, there's a natural mourning, but that's not what Jesus is referring to here. The natural mourning when we lose a loved one, or maybe if we've lost a precious gift, or maybe we feel that we're losing our health, maybe even our wealth, maybe we've lost a job, and we can feel that loss and that Almost like a, it's like a bereavement when we lose things, and especially when we lose loved ones. Mourning is natural. In this world, we're told that, we, yes, we do mourn, and we ought to mourn. We ought to grieve. In fact, someone once said that it's, it's so natural that it actually releases toxins from the body. Mourning can release bitterness and anger and hatred. It can release the toxins that we have from a broken heart. And so, yes, mourning can be natural. The general sorrow of just life. I remember many years ago watching a, a cartoon. It was one of my favourite cartoons when I was wee. Do you remember Charlie Brown? Well, one of my favourite characters in Charlie Brown was Linus. Do you remember Linus? He always went around with his blanket. <laughs> there was a time when Charlie Brown, he, they were losing in the baseball. 
and Linus, who would never want to be parted from his blanket, he gave it to Charlie Brown. And he said to Charlie Brown, he said, happiness is a warm blanket. And you know, many <laughs> have had a suki blanket growing up for that comfort when we feel saddened, when we feel deeply hurt, when our parents are maybe out for the night and we've got the babysitter in and we're missing our parents. Oh, the blanket, the warm blanket can bring happiness to a child. But can I say again, <laughs> that's not the morning Jesus is referring to. He's not talking about the natural sorrow in life. When we just feel sad. Even Abraham wept over the loss of his wife. David, in the Psalms, you'll notice that he wept. He actually cried because of loneliness. He felt lonely. And especially he felt lonely of the presence of God. He was so desperate to know God's presence that he wept when he couldn't feel God close by. I'll never forget the day. I'm, I'm sure I've shared it before. I remember when the family, we, we went through to Brayhead Superstore. And just as the rest of the family were shopping, I remember I was just on the top part, looking down at everyone. And, oh, I could hear this crying that really, it was really just penetrating. And it was a wee boy. He must have been about three or four. And, oh, he was crying. And I, oh, my heart just sank. I just thought, oh, Lord, what's going wrong? And here he was with the, with the guard. He, he was holding the guards, the security guard's hand. He was looking for his mum. He had lost his mum in a shop. And, oh, he cried. And, oh, it was so painful. I know for that must have been for the wee boy. But, boy, watching it, <laughs> I started to cry. Oh, I just wept for this wee boy and I was saying, Lord, please let his mum come. And you know, eventually, yes, the mum came. And you know, I couldn't get rid of that picture. Even going home, we were, it was the, revi it was the fellowship, revival fellowship night. It was a Friday night. And I thought I wasn't even going to be able to share that night because I was so upset with this boy crying for his mum. And you know, as, I, as we were driving home in the car, I felt the Lord just saying, Scott, I wish you would cry like that for me. I wish you were desperate like that for my presence when, when, you, when you don't feel my presence close to you, when you feel at a distance, oh, if only I could see you crying like that, seeing that you're desperate to, to find me, to know me deeply. And you know, oh boy, my heart was broken. And I thought, Lord, give me tears like that, that I would miss you if ever I felt your presence go. Yes, David wept over loneliness. We're told that Timothy in the New Testament, Paul's disciple Timothy, we're told that he wept as well because of feeling defeated. He was told that people had been saying to him, oh, you're too young. And he just felt defeated. And we're told that Timothy wept. He, f he felt just so defeated, so despairing. 
Jeremiah, the prophet, oh, he shared tears of disappointment. Paul, we're also told, he shared tears of compassion and care and love for the people of God. Yes, mourning is natural. We ought to grieve. But this is not the mourning that Jesus refers to. There's also ungodly mourning, or what we call worldly mourning. That's where we pout in self-pity. Have you ever done that? We're told that Ahab cried like a baby because he was a poor man, Naboth. He had a vineyard. Just a wee poor man. Didn't have much in life. And here's King Ahab crying because he doesn't have Naboth's vineyard, that he doesn't have that piece of ground. King Saul also, oh, he mourned. He said, I have sinned for I have transgressed the command of the Lord. But then notice King Saul, he went on then to say, yes, I've sinned, yet honour me now before the elders of my people. Yes, here's King Saul. He said, Lord, yes, I'm sorry. But anyway, will you bless me anyway? He wasn't willing to change. He wasn't willing. He wasn't repented one bit. Yes, he was sorry because he got caught out. He was found out and therefore he said, sorry, Lord, I've been found out. So, Lord, because I'm sorry, please bless me anyway. Honour me in front of everyone. Oh, Saul. Yes, he mourned. But Paul, the apostle, tells us worldly grief or mourning only produces death. So yes, there's a mourning that is natural. There's a mourning that is worldly, that's ungodly. But what Jesus teaches here this morning is a spirit, he's talking about a spiritual mourning. The Apostle Paul tells us that it's this godly mourning that produces life. When we know spiritual mourning, Jesus said, oh, you're blessed if you know spiritual mourning, for you will be comforted. 2 Corinthians, in chapter 7 at verse 10, we're told godly mourning produces repentance that leads to eternal life. When we're spiritually mourning, when we're grieving over our sins, when we know that we've fallen short, when we begin to mourn, we come into a place of life, a newness of life. Remember Ezekiel. We're told that the Lord sent out an angel and he said to the angel, put a mark on the forehead of those who lament, those who grieve over sin, the sins of the people and the sins of the nation. Go and look for those who grieve over their sins and put a mark on them. And you know, when you read in Ezekiel, we're told that only one person, the angel could only find one person in the whole of the world 
who grieved over their sins. And he was a prophet called Ezekiel. Ezekiel was one who knew spiritual mourning. He was one who could say with William Cowper, the hymn writer, I hate the sins that make thee mourn. Lord, I hate upsetting you. Lord, I know my life can often just get in a mess, but Lord, I, I hate when I upset you. Lord, I want to make you smile with my life. Is that your heart? Are you spiritually mourning this morning? Oh, for a closer walk with God. Oh, to start again. Have you, are you mourning to be able to start again? To know your sins washed clean? To know a new life? Oh, to be right with God? Oh, Lord, that you would revive me, renew me. Lord, may I leave here this morning feeling brand new. Are you mourning? Paul says to the Romans, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Here's Paul. He's mourning over his own life. Oh Lord, who's going to deliver me from my sins, from the way I live? Paul also tells us that he mourns for a brand new body. He's grieving to know a new day when every tear shall be wiped away, all heartaches gone. Here's Paul. Yes, he longs to know the Lord intimately, to know a closer walk. He grieves, he mourns, not just for himself, but for the people of God too. He mourns for the nation, as we ought to do for Scotland and for the nations of the world. We ought to grieve. We ought to be mourning in prayer, lamenting. Oh Lord, will you make all things new? Lord, will you make all things new in my life today? And we grieve and we mourn. Is that your heart? I know the congregation so well and I know that you often have shared with me before Scott I wish I could know a closer walk with God oh it's my desire to yes to follow Jesus with all my heart but I keep tripping and I keep stumbling oh the Lord would say to you today oh you're blessed blessed are those who mourn who desire to know a closer walk even when they've failed Oh, you're, you're a blessed life. And Jesus now closes with this beatitude by saying, Yes, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I love that. The word comfort means with strength. That's all it means, with strength. So when the Lord comforts someone, he gives them his strength. The Lord says, I will put my strength in you. In, in the Old Testament, the Lord tells his people, I will be your strength. In other words, I'll be your comforter. God will be our shield, our refuge, our fortress, our strong tower. He will be our comfort. 
For those who mourn, you will know strength. Today, if you're mourning, if you're grieving, if you've got a broken heart, if you're feeling down, disappointed, discouraged, oh, today the Lord wants to put his strength on display in your heart and life. I will comfort you. Come, all who are weary, all who are weak, all who are burdened, come and I will give you rest. Come and know strength today. Jesus promised his disciples that there is one who's coming. When Jesus ascends to the right hand of the Father, he said, now I must go, but there's another one who will come. God, the Holy Spirit, will come and he will be your comforter. He will be your strength and he will put strength in you. You will be filled with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You will be so overwhelmed in the Spirit. You will be baptized in the Spirit. And you will know fire. You'll know the fire of God again in your heart. You'll know the strength and empowering of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Isaiah tells us that God's going to restore comfort to the mourners. Jeremiah tells us that he's going to turn mourning to gladness. And in Revelation chapter 7 and chapter 21, notice what the Lord wants to remind us. A day is coming when there'll be no more death, no more crying, no more pain, we're told that there's a day coming in the future where every tear will be wiped away. No more sad goodbyes. No more cancer. No more sickness. No more hurts. A day is coming. Every tear will be wiped away. But John in the Revelation also tells us and there will be no more mourning. Mourning will flee away. You will no longer grieve spiritually, for you will be comforted. And so, can I just close? You know, the world tells us blessed are those who have personality, power, position, and possessions. But the Lord says, Oh, blessed are those who are mourning for they shall be comforted. Oh, will you come to Christ this morning, however you're feeling? Will you come to the man of sorrows who's acquainted with grief? Oh, we can trust him. So in this quiet time, we're going to have a wee quiet time and then Billy's going to lead us in our prayers. But in this quiet time, will you just go out to the Lord? Yes, in your mourning, in your grief, and just ask the Lord to comfort you, to strengthen you. For blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray together. Father, as we bow in your presence, we want to bring to you, Lord, the situation in Ukraine. Lord, we just pray for the people on both sides, Lord, who are caught up in this 
and who are just innocent victims. Lord, we pray for the many families already who have lost loved ones. We pray for your intervention, Lord. Lord, we come against all evil in this situation. The last thing, Lord, we want to see happening, Lord, is another world war. So again, Lord, we ask for your divine intervention. And Lord, what we do need is to see a revival, is to see a move of your Holy Spirit in power and strength and love and comfort. And Father, we just pray that you will move amongst all, our, all these lands, Lord, and move in, through the people in Ukraine and the people in Russia. Lord, there's so much more we need to pray for, Lord. You know the situation. You know what's going on underneath, Lord. And Lord, we just commend and hand over this situation to you. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to bring our tithes and offerings. Lord, we ask you to take them and to use them for your glory. And Lord, we thank you too for our lunch, Lord, that we celebrate 20 years of Scott's ministry, Lord. Lord, we ask you to let us have a blessed time, Lord. And we just pray a blessing upon Scott and his family, Lord, at this time. Lord, hear our prayers, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And I just pray this morning that you will just know the sweet love of Christ to lift your heart and that you can say with the hymn writer, whatever you go through, it is well, it is well with my soul. And so let's sing in our closing hymn, when peace like a river, and we'll stand to sing.
so may grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Thank you.